a handout that hopefully you, you got, and I'm going to talk about connections um, and uh, conversation starters, but first I'm going to start with a, a quick review from last week, and then I believe Pat is going to talk about principles. Is that the order, Pat? And then a testimony, uh, testimonies, okay? Time of testimony, okay. So that is the, the order tonight. And uh, so on your handout, the, the front side, it says at the top, review from last week. So that's, that's side one. And th the topic that we were looking at is praying biblically for the lost. And th the question, if you weren't here last week, is, you know, where in the Bible does it tell us to pray for the lost? It really doesn't. <laughs> um, and, and that's something that over the years uh, was, was quite interesting to me. But um, as I dug in, God uh, showed us the way that we can pray for the lost is to pray for the laborers who will go forth, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 4 is, is that, you know, he will, he will make us fishers of men and we're to go forth. And God has always sent messengers, Right? Always, that's how he does it. Uh, whether it be angels, whether it be prophets in the Old Testament, whether it be the apostles, or whether it be his church, that's how he works. And he wants us to pray according thereto. So just a little bit of a review. Um, last week there were seven different seven different principles that, or, or pieces, as we say, prayer pieces, uh, a lot at this church, uh, that we can use as we pray for the lost. And so Matthew 9.38 sets the, sets the context where the Lord said, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers. So in each of these different aspects of praying for the lost, you notice that it, it starts with that. So in Matthew 9.38, so we're, we're supposed to pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, so the Lord, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. It's not our harvest, it's his harvest. So we're, we're to pray that he'll send forth laborers. And then um, Ephesians 6.18 through 20, we have three more things that we can pray about. Pray that utterance may be given. That's a, a voice, a word. A word would be given um, that whoever goes, and that may be you, that may be someone else, but the church is used and God knows who is going to sow, who's going to water, and who's going to reap, who's going to harvest um, in that. Um, the, the third thing is that I may open, Paul asked for prayer, and this is what's happening in Ephesians 6 right after uh, we, we see the armor of God that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So first, we need to get the, the word in our head, and then we got to open our mouths. So many times we don't open our mouths, but pray that we would be bold to open our mouths to unveil the mystery of the gospel. We're custodians of the gospel. Brian, Pastor Brian talked about that this last week, this past Sunday. We're to unveil that to the world. And then uh, the fourth thing, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So first, 
that God would give you the word to say, that you'd open your mouth, and then you'd speak as you ought to speak, right? Because sometimes when we're talking to somebody, the conversation goes one way or the other way, but pray that we would speak as we ought to speak. And then in Colossians, Paul unveils more, and that is that God would open unto us a door of utterance. So looking for a door and praying for a door that, uh, uh, to speak the mystery of Christ. Six, that I may make it manifest, make it known as I ought to speak. And last, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And that's where we're going to jump off this week in talking about conversation starters. But as by, uh, by way of review, if you want to be praying biblically for the lost, not only for yourself as you go out, but for others, uh, for that lost person, this is how to do that. This is what God has laid forth in his word um, of how we are supposed to be going forth. Now, what does that take care of? That takes care of the fear. So God has you covered. The problem of fear that so many people talk about and when witnessing, you pray for boldness. That, that takes care of the fear. The problem of what to say. Well, I just don't know what to say, right? Well, pray that God would give you utterance and that you would speak as you ought to speak. So, And the problem of open doors. Well, there, there just was an opportunity. Well, pray for the opportunity. And then last, the problem of knowing how you ought to speak. God has, has you covered. You need to pray for that. And then pray for those, those people that God would, would work. Because it's not all on your back. It's on his. We're just supposed to be used. And we can be used going forth and open our mouths. We can be used in praying. So pray for the laborers. If you want to pray for that person who's on your heart, you're burdened for. And if you don't have one, get one. It'd be your neighbor. Okay, uh, that, that neighbor is, is whoever is near you, right? That's what the Lord said is, it's really not about the other person. You're the neighbor going forth, right? That's what the, the story about um, uh, dealing with neighbors is. And so whether that be at work, at home, um, at school, wherever, um, pray for labors and then pray that the Lord sends you. Okay, turn to Colossians chapter 4, and we're going to jump off as... Uh, with with this verse here, Colossians chapter four, verses five and six, five and six. Do I have the right? Is that the right verse? Okay, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom. So, uh, verse 4, that I may make it manifest or known as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So, in... um, in Matthew chapter 5, when we start the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, Christ said uh, that in the constitution of the kingdom, the Sermon on the Mount, he said that his people are to be salt and light, right? That's what we are to be, salt and light. And so in our speech, we're supposed to have salt. And so that's what we're going to talk about. How do we 
we start those conversations. So what do you say? How do you start the conversations? And it's not difficult to be enthusiastic about sharing the gospel. I've found when I've done trainings, people get really excited at church. And they're, hallelujah! And then, and then they go out and they're in front of somebody and it gets real quiet. <laughs> you know? So it's real easy in here until you realize that those conversations don't just start themselves. At some point, sharing the gospel means that you're going to have to start a specific sort of discussion and that you can feel incredibly awkward and and it could be intimidating, right? Right? And that's the spiritual battle that that you work into, that you have to take this flesh into, and that's where uh, the battle happens. So it's, it's not about having some tricks. It's really about praying first. And I always encourage people to go with others. One person's praying, one person's talking. And if you don't have somebody uh, with you praying when you talk, you can talk while you pray. I do that all the time. Lord, I don't know what to say, and I'm talking, but I don't know exactly what to say, and he'll fill you with words to say. Um, sometimes, we were talking uh, tonight, Pam, sometimes you just need to shut up and let the other person talk too. So that, that's another piece too, is use your ears. You've got two of those. But let's get into a real practical place, and that is, you know, icebreakers. And how do you get into some conversation starters? So we're going to talk about this tonight. Um, a bit. So um, I found one thing that's easy. We you know we go out uh, um, taking it to the streets. A lot of times we we take invitations with us, right? Um, that's a tool that we can use. Uh, one thing that helps break the ice is if you're giving the person something that can break the ice, or inviting them, uh, or just helping somebody that can help break the ice. Praying for them. Um, I, Annabeth and I went um, out for for brunch, and and I missed an opportunity to ask the waitress to pray for it. I still had a track at the end, but um, it, it's always good when you're at a restaurant to say, hey, I'm going to pray for my meal in a few minutes. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And that can open a door uh, for you. So um, I confess that I missed that opportunity today. Um, but hopefully, at least, you know, the word got out with, with that track. Um, Jesus gave us all kinds of, of examples, and we don't have time to go into it, but I've studied Jesus as a teacher, and thinking about how he teaches, he was an incredible teacher. He, he was the master teacher, literally. Um, and in fact, if, if you study about how education and, and, and learning should work, Look at what Jesus did, and, and if you follow those principles there, you're going to be a good teacher. But he used questions that made people think. He used statements that made people think. It was always something that was active when he, he stated something or a question that made the people start thinking. Today they call it critical thinking. I don't know if that's the best term, because I don't like the critical thought, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother uh, line of, of, um, of thought, but he used questions, he used statements, he used his surroundings. If you, if you pay attention, Jesus used the environment around him 
Now, he created it, but we can still use it. And then blessings. Now, Jesus healed. We can't heal. We can pray that he would heal. But he blessed people. And so there may be ways that we can bless people. And looking for those opportunities to ask questions, give statements, use our surroundings, and bless people. Now, I have some, some popular conversation starters here. Uh, so it could be someone you know. Family members are always the toughest because there's a lot on the line, and, and a lot of times it, it's, it's hard with that. But these are some interesting um, conversation starters that you can have with people just to get into a conversation. Um, like I've said before, I've used icebreakers. I remember one time I was in Morocco. Um, this, I was on a trip, a student trip, and I was in Morocco, and I, I would use these, I didn't bring it with me, but these um, pink and blue, maybe you've seen them before, but they're little optical illusions. You hold them one way, they look, they look um, one looks bigger than the other, and then if you switch it, the other one looks bigger, and then if you turn them around, they look like they're the same size, and they're fun to work with. And so um, this was a public school trip, and so the students were off doing something else, and I'm I'm going to go witness down this, this alley. And um, I thought, I'm going to use this. Morocco is an is a, is a, um, Isla, uh, Islamic country. They actually took my passport when I crossed the border from Spain. That was an eerie feeling. Well, I have men with machine guns. They did give it back. But um, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is, I'm, I'm taking a risk here, and I'm hoping that, I'll be able to get the students back in the States and I won't end up in jail or something, but I felt compelled I'm going to witness. And so I pull out this optical illusion and I thought, you know, this will be interesting and we'll get into a conversation. This, this guy who was standing there looked at me and immediately got enraged. And he goes, do not show this to me. You do not show this to me. I am a good man. I'm a very good man because on it, on the back of it, it talks about, are you a good person? And they use the Ten Commandments to show either you're a good person or not. So somebody was there before me and had talked to that guy, and he knew exactly what that was about already. And he would, I, I tried to get in conversation. He wouldn't hear of it. He goes, I'm a good man. You're a good man. You know, and and I, I tried, to, I'm not a good man, only Jesus. And he kept yelling at me, and I thought, uh, I'm not getting anywhere with him. I'm going to walk away. And as I walked away, he keeps yelling, I'm a good man. I'm sure on the other side of eternity, he'll remember that. If he did not receive Jesus Christ already. My point is that you can use a lot of things to break the ice. Hopefully it won't be, you know, somebody screaming at you. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be a, a risk of wondering if you're going to be put in jail, but um, you can use a lot of things. Now, you can use fun things, and you, you may have seen the million-dollar bills and those things. That The whole point of that is just to break the ice. But it can be as simple as these conversations. You know, what is one thing that you've always wanted to try but never have? And just have a conversation. The first thing you say to a person doesn't have to be the gospel, gospel conversation. Um, because... Really, and, and I'm not going to go through all these, but you can read those. If you turn to the other side, the point is, at some, at some time, you're going to have to transition the discussion 
with questions that start toward the gospel and why you believe the gospel, but how. So we're going to dive into that. A few things I want you to understand first. And so first and foremost, success, and there is a blank here too, but um, success doesn't depend upon you. The Holy Spirit takes care of changing people's hearts, and all you have to do is share the, your faith. Okay, so understand it's the Holy Spirit, not you. Secondly, don't launch into the gospel conversation if you've only got limited time. You can use a track, but it takes time. And so sometimes people just try to throw out um, a mess with a gospel conversation. Uh, you, you want to do it well and, and take time to make sure that you can clearly present the gospel. Um, now, God knows, and, it, and it's up to him, but make sure that that you're going to do it well and represent your Lord well. Don't push the discussion if they seem resistant to it. Now, there, there's a limit here, but like if I would have pushed it with that, with that guy, okay, I may have not returned to the United States, okay? So there's a wisdom that you also have to have as well. Um, but um, you, you have to be prayerful in, in thinking through that. A gospel conversation is best when you're, they're receptive to hearing it. It isn't a failure if you choose to wait for a better time. And that's the blank, wait for a better time. If you don't have an open door, if the door is shut, don't try to break it down. That's God's job, not, not yours. And then the, the last point here is don't push for a decision now. Change happens on the Holy Spirit's timetable. So if you give them something to wrestle with, you've done, you've done your job, okay? Um, the whole goal is getting the gospel out, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit who's doing the work. So understand there's a balance here and there's a wisdom here. Uh, sometimes, like I did today, I just left a tract. And, and that's okay, is to let the word do the work. But the whole point of, of you being here is because you, you want to share the gospel, and, and we want to get that out. But we don't want to do it um, haphazardly. We, we, um, it's not a notch on our belts. We want to make sure that we we are good ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some, some keys here, and this is with all relationships, but uh, keys to conversation starters. The first thing is common connections. So what you're trying to do is build a common connection. You can do it in 30 seconds or 30 years. Um, the, the stronger the connection, the greater um, the the build-up, uh, the commitment is to the relationship. So, one is common connections. Two is care for the person. I can show that even by my um, my countenance that I care for the person. Smiling is not a bad thing to do when you share the gospel, right? You know, if you have a scowl, you may scare the person away. But I, I can show the person I, I, I have care for the person just by a smile or my countenance. Uh, but but sometimes it's it's... It's, uh, you know, sharing something, it's giving them something, it's inviting them, but care for the person. And then the last one is prayerful communication. 
And we, we talked about that, you know, last week. But the stronger these things are, the greater the commitment is in the relationship, you know. So much so that, you know, with, with two people who get married, that's a very strong relationship. They've made a commitment to each other, right? Or to the Lord, right? The stronger that the connection is to the Lord and the care uh, you have for the Lord and, and communication, that's, that's how we build intimate relationship with the Lord. That's all relationships. Um, and the fruit of that is trust that's built up. But what I found, you can do that in 30 seconds on the street. By just having a, a common connection. It could just be talking about the weather. It could be talking about this crazy COVID situation. Or, you know, gas prices. You know, find something that's a common connection. And then immediately have at least a little um, a little piece. And, and then show uh, some way that you care for the person that builds an opportunity um, and a foundation to work upon. Now, um, what I want to use for the rest of my time, and I'm going to have to go very quick, um, but if we look through other examples, and I, I want to take some time to do that now with, with Jesus, is, uh, is look at what Jesus did. And Jesus had um, conversation starters. So if you, if you think through the Gospels, Jesus called out Zacchaeus, right, the wee little man, um, the rich, corrupt tax collector hiding in a tree because... Uh, that man was too ashamed to face Jesus. Jesus initiated the conversation there. He initiated the conversation with the woman at the well who intentionally went to the well when no one else would be there so she wouldn't have to talk to anyone. So it's important that as you go about and you're looking for open doors, be intentional. Uh, so the, the first thing is to be aware when opportunities present themselves, that blank is opportunities, and use situations when people seek, is the blank there, you out to invest time in them and present an opportunity to uh, uh, present salvation to them. Okay, so, but look for those opportunities. So Jesus had an opportunity there that he used his time, his, his position, because he knew that Zacchaeus, uh, was was seeking him. Um, I was talking with with Chris today, and he uses his position at work. Okay, I I've, I've used where, where I situate it at work sometimes, and and there are times that people will seek you out. God placed you there. Use that, or maybe in your neighborhood. But there will be times that you will need to initiate, and maybe people will seek you out. Um, so in, in Luke 19, if you turn to Luke 19 and verse 2, and I'm going to have to go very quick. I'm, I'm actually about out of my time here. Um, let's just go down to uh, verse 5. You know the story of Zacchaeus. He was up in the tree, right? And uh, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, Zacchaeus, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, hurry, and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. Now Jesus didn't have a house to live in. And he had the uh, benefit of knowing Zacchaeus' heart. But he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in your house. And uh, Zacchaeus was overjoyed. Because no one wanted to be with Zacchaeus, right? But Jesus said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to spend some time with you. 
So maybe it's having a meal with someone. Maybe it's inviting them over to your house. But use those opportunities. Um, Verse 10, I'm going to skip down. There's a lot more I was going to go into. But for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's what you are to be doing. And looking for those opportunities. And praying about, Lord, today, what's the opportunity that you want me to to, to, um, use? Okay, so now the, the next blank is, be intentional to go where people with the need for the gospel will be, and then be bold and interact with people who don't expect you to interact with them. So go and be bold. And that's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. You know, as we said, she went out in the heat of the day, and he knew that she was going to be there, and he went. Now, he, he did something which is interesting, is he said, give me to drink. So instead of giving her, uh, instead of him at first giving her something, he asked something of her, right? She was basically his waitress, right, here for some water, Okay, so there are times when you have people in situations. One, what we can learn from here is people who are outcasts, look for those people and and be willing to care for them and, and to speak with them because so many times they're not used to that. And use that as an opportunity to share Christ with them, but also, you know, opportunities where you ask something of another person and use it for God's glory. So, you know, we don't have time. You know the story there, but I just wanted to point out those, those two pieces. Um, Jesus started, um, uh, the next principle, Jesus started a conversation with the woman caught in adultery who had been thrown on the street, and Jesus stood up and showed mercy. The word is mercy there. And um, he said unto her, um, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I uh, condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, you can't forgive sins, but you can show mercy. Uh, When people um, are in situations where they're ashamed, help them, care for them, um, and use that as an opportunity uh, to be a bridge. So the next point here, because I'm, I'm now into Pat's time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed up here. Bridge to the spiritual. Sometimes people will come to you hungry for truth. Be ready and be bold. So hungry. Um, so this is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus um, in John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus came to him with a question. And there are people who are hungry all around you, and we need to be praying for God to open our eyes to see them. Um, It's a rare thing. I've had just a few times when people say, how can I get saved? I've had it happen, but it's, it's rare. Um, so, but there are people, now we know Nicodemus, he was a religious man, and we'll talk about, um, you know, the religious talk. That's actually, uh, the conversation that I had, um, that was pretty monumental with someone at work when I was in high school, 
that made a difference in my life. So um, be ready for those. Those are sometimes a little bit harder uh, to bring in religious talk because people are set in their ways, uh, but God can use those. So use the context. Uh, Let's see, where's, where's my notes here? Okay, so what I want you to uh, understand is um, using the, the context. I actually only use my, uh, I don't usually use paper, so I'm lost <laughs> using paper. Okay, use the context of their culture to show uh, their need for God um, of the universe. And this is Acts, this is Paul on Mars Hill. And we're out of time there, but Paul used the situation. He, all he saw was an inscription that says, to the unknown God um, on an altar, and he used that to open the door to preach. Now, f- for us today, <laughs> we have inscriptions everywhere. They're on our phone, <laughs> social media, songs, movies. There's so many things that we can use as a bridge. I remember I used... Uh, 1999, I used the movie The Matrix as a bridge to talk about the gospel. Well, it's out today, and maybe there'll be opportunities for me, uh, because there's a remake of it. Um, maybe there'll be an opportunity. But use, use the culture around you um, and as a context, and Paul did that too. So my last thing I'm going to point out, and there are four broad topics and questions that you can start Uh, conversations that transition easily towards sharing your faith. And the following topics come up naturally in conversations, so you need to be alert when these doors of utterance open. So one is death and what's on the other side of death. You know, what do you think happens after you die? So first, you get into a conversation, you build a a relationship, and um, if if there's trust there, uh, whether it's a 30-second um, conversation, or it's a long-term, it's a neighbor, somebody that you've known for a long time, or a family member, look for opportunities to bring these things. Death comes up a lot. Okay, and so, um, what is that? The, one of the, the three most things that people are afraid of, public speaking, death, and taxes, Right? So, you know, what do you think happens after die? So this is where you shut up and, and let them talk. What do they think? And at this point, it's not about correcting them yet. Just listen to them. And then look for an opportunity where they're ready for you to tell them what you think. So it, it's a good principle to first listen, and then you get a chance to listen. And I, I found... Um, working with angry parents and angry people all the time, I let them talk first and it lets them get everything out and then I can talk. If I, if I try to talk before that, they're not going to hear anything. So you listen first and it opens up their ears. But what do you think happens uh, after you die? Can, then you can bring in, um, bring in talking about... Um, Death, you know, R- Romans 6.23 and what we, learned yes- what we learned last week, right? Uh, for the wages of sin is death. Right and wrong, you know, how do you know what's right or what's wrong? Or what I've used, you know, in the past is, you know, um, 
uh, thinking about the Ten Commandments and, and how they are the, the uh, cornerstone of the laws that we have today. Religion. Overall, do you think religion makes society better off or worse? And talk about how it's not about religion, it's about a relationship with God. And cutting through all the, you know, the, the bad things that have come from religion is truly knowing Jesus Christ. The last thing is, is human nature. Do you think people are inherently good or inherently bad? You know, do you consider yourself a good person? That's what ticked off that guy in Morocco, okay? Um, but if you can keep it light as it starts, um, and that's what I always try to do, is smile at people and, and, and start out where um, they see I'm not angry, I'm not mad, <laughs> I have joy in my heart um, because of Jesus. And then you, you can use these surroundings, these situations, prayerfully to have a conversation starter, be listening, and then find a way to, to um, swing into um, a, a moral conversation or a deeper conversation. And then you can bring in you can bring in many, um, many avenue, you know, whether that be church, faith, morality, sin, God, creation, and then swing to all those are points that you can swing into the gospel um, and connect uh, to the gospel. So we're going to hear some uh, principles now, um, and then I believe we're going to have some testimonies of how people got into conversations, and how, how God worked. What do you think? Was that good? That was excellent. That was good. Man, Jeremy, I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, we didn't really, we, we planned this, you know, we started planning this a couple months ago or a month and a half ago or so, and uh, we didn't talk about exactly what each other was going to talk about. I shared a little bit more of what I was going to talk about. But it's amazing because even on these 10 principles that we're going to go over and Jeremy's handing out the little um, uh, both the handout and then they're on the bookmarks uh, there's little bookmarks with 10 principles of, of IGO and um, it's amazing what he talked about really fit in because I was like man how am I going to talk about it? this would take an hour and a lot of the stuff Jeremy covered so a lot of it will just be kind of rehearsing what he talked about so that'll be really good and um i wanted to also ask if we could do like we have in the past that as we go through that if somebody would read a verse um the verses are right there on your on your handout but if you could just read the verse for the principle that we go over and then hand the microphone to the next person and Chris, you're mic'd up, so you could, you could, you're ready to go. As long as Ron's 
on the spot or Ray, I don't know, can you do that? So anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the 10 principles, the 10 guiding principles of IGO and um, just being intentional about gospel outreach because really this whole month we've talked about um, and what Jeremy shared uh, and what we've talked about, what we do in our IGO team when we meet. Um, and Pam's here. She's on um, my IGO team or our IGO team. And Chris and Lauren met with us. And uh, what we talk about is really the principles that Jeremy uh, was laying out that just kind of fit with these 10 principles perfectly is that we can't force a change on anybody's heart. All we can do is allow the Lord to change our heart. And through that process of praying and preparing and planning, we see God's power begin to work in this team concept. And um, we, everybody knows the, uh, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'll go ahead and read it real quick. But it says, And Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Um, so as we go through, as we look at this, there's just a couple things that I want to focus on in this. And the main thing is, is, um, the word go, go ye. Okay. Because we talk about, I go, and that's one of the number one things we think of is the great commission. I go, right. But the I, as you see is, is small I, but it stands not for I, it stands for intentional, intentional gospel outreach. And the, the uh, principles are all built around the team. Because if you notice what it says here, it says, go ye, right? It's in the plural. He's speaking to us. And like Jeremy pointed out, that it's best to go with another person. So one person can be praying and the other, while the other person's talking or listening or engaging um, but it's also good for us to have that fellowship of the gospel and that's what I go teams are all about so that we can begin to pray with each other so that we can begin to rehearse so that we can begin to um, allow the God to prepare our hearts and change us right so that's why it says, go ye therefore in the Great Commission. Um, and when we see that word therefore, what does that mean? What is therefore? What's it there for? So that we can look back and see what it's there for. Go ye therefore. It's because all power is given unto me, Jesus says. We have to realize that we really are just engaging in his mission. He's got the power, and that power means he's got the authority to execute um, his, his judgment and his plan. And all we can do is, is submit and subject ourselves, submit ourselves to his authority 
and subject ourselves to his power. And we began to see God work through us. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And I like how it ends there because he says, I am with you all way. And we talked about this the first night uh, when um, we talked about this the first night, that word always in this in the Great Commission. And um, it means not only always, like I'll be with you always, we think of all the time, right? He says, I'm with you all way. That means anytime, anywhere, any place, any situation, right? And as we're going to look at these principles, that's good to know because we need that to overcome our fear, don't we? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So as we look at these 10 uh, guiding principles, we think of this, these I, the IGO teams, right? And the teams, does anybody remember what the acronym for teams means? Anybody? Together, right, together, everyone or everybody advancing missions simultaneously, right? But it's, it's a team. It's a team concept. And just like Jeremy was talking about, God sent the disciples out two by two. He sent teams, right, to share the gospel, to plant churches, to, to grow people. To, he, he, he sent them to accomplish the mission in teams. And that's why it's very important for us to see that, for us to engage, and for us to prepare our hearts to be like his heart. Because he wants us to be involved in his mission. That's the whole reason why he came, to get us involved in the mission, to save us and to send us. So the first principle is to love people enough to be willing to risk your... Uh, I had relationship in there, um, but it's really your reputation. Because as we see, Jesus made himself of no reputation to glorify the Father. And he is our example. And um, if somebody would read uh, Philippians 2.7. Made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Philippians 2.7. Right. Yeah, he, he made himself. Can you imagine that? He was God. Think about this. He was, he was 100% fully God and fully human, right? He, 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 he came down, as we see in Philippians, I like this. It, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people say, if you want the gospel in one, one place, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. But man, I tell you, this is the great, greatest place that we can go to and see a represent, representation of what Jesus did and why, how he did it and, and why he did it in Philippians 2, 1 through 11, because we see that he, he thought it not robbery to um, be equal with God, right? Because he was God. But we see that he, he steps down out of his throne, and, and the first thing that he says in Philippians 2.5 is, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, 
So like Jeremy was talking about earlier, we need to pray. We need to have his mind, right? Not just his mindset, but we need his mind, which we, we find in the word, but we also need his heart, right? But we need to have this mind being in, in you, which was also in Christ. And um, part of that is like, that makes these principles work is that we make ourselves of no reputation. What do you think of when you think of making, he made himself of no reputation. That's a pretty amazing thing, right? And so he's, what's that? Stay humble. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly, Sharon. That's what it says in the very next verse. He humbled himself, right? He, he humbled himself, uh, being found in a fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. So he, if he's the example, if he was God in the flesh and he could humble himself, then we, if we're going to present the gospel, we're going to present Jesus Christ, right? We're ambassadors. We're to present his message, who he really was, what he really did. We need to humble ourselves. And part of that is being vulnerable, right? Sometimes we have to be vulnerable, but we definitely have to be humble. And some of the things that Jeremy was talking about with conversation starters and everything, it fits perfectly because he... He became obedient even to death on the cross, even to the death of the cross, right? He died for our sins. And it says, wherefore, then in Philippians 2.9, God also highly exalted him and has given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So that's, that's our number one guiding principle. It shows that whole loop from him, from him coming down, stepping down, becoming a man, humbling himself, dying on the cross for our sin, going to the grave, rising again, and all the way back up to the throne. It gives the full, full meaning to the, whole, to the total gospel, Right? And we need, we need to follow that example of his human, his humanness of making himself of no reputation. And like, like you said, Sharon, it begins with humility and making ourselves vulnerable, right? And the next principle is talk with God before you talk with people, okay? So... Um, and really, that's what the whole IGO team is all about. Uh, it, we have to get alone with God, and we have, to, we have to pray, right? Some of the things that you talked about in your conversation starters and you talked about last week in prayer is that we, we can't pray for God to change somebody else's heart, right? Because, I mean, he doesn't force himself on anyone, right? So all we can do is pray that our heart will be changed and that we can pray for courage, we can pray for boldness, 
and we can pray for spirit-led encounters. Like Jeremy covered already in Colossians 4, 2, and 6. Um, so we won't read that, but I just want to point out, it's on your, it's on your handout, um, the highlights is that we continue in prayer, right? And we watch in the same with thanksgiving. And that God would open into us an open, a door of utterance. And that's, that's really what we're praying for, that God would open into us a door as we start the conversations, as we begin to find those, those transitions like you talked about, Jeremy, um, like the woman at the well, those, those thirst, those needs that, um, and I like those four, uh, what did you call them? Four keys at the end. What did, what did you call them? Four broad topics that we can, we can transition them, you know, from, from their needs, right? One was death. What was, what was the other? Right, right, right. So it speaks to like the four basic needs. I think of like those four different questions, yep, like, absolutely. right. So, um, so that's important that we can, we, we continue in prayer that God would open the door for those kind of things so that we could speak the mystery of, pro, of Christ. We could transition them into a more, you know, help them to begin to see, um, you know, the, the, the mystery that's in Christ and why he came and why he died for those needs so that only he can fulfill those needs and to make it manifest as I ought to speak, right? He says, as I ought to speak, because we don't know how we ought to speak and situations are, are different and we need to pray for wisdom and then also it, it goes down and it says that we be always with grace, seasoned with salt. I'm glad you, you talked about that um, because we need to have our speech seasoned with salt. We need to be like a uh, preservative to that relationship so that we can develop that relationship so that we can show that the only thing that can that that can um, the only thing that can help that person is a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that we need to know how to how we ought to answer every man. It says that again: how we ought to answer, right? Because there's a lot of things that we can say, there's a lot of things that we can talk about, and we can get caught up in conversations, but it, this leads to the very next point. We need to listen to people more than you speak, right? Like you said, Pam, sometimes you just have to stop talking, right? You need to listen to people, and like you were talking about, Jeremy, um, we need to let them get it all out at first. We need to see what their real needs are before we can ever begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to lead them, right? Right? which preserves the gospel conversation, right? And we do this by, by, by uh, 1 Peter 3.15. Does somebody want to read that? That sanctify the Lord in your hearts 
and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. First Peter 3. 15. Right. That says a lot. And we've talked about this, I think, every, every week in the practical part about we need to sanctify. That's part sanctifying the Lord. We need to sanctify him in our hearts, make him first, make his kingdom first, make the gospel first. And that's one of the things that we try to do together in encouraging him, in encouraging each other in him. And um, then it says, be ready. And we talked about how that means to be prepared, be ready always, right? We're, we're to be ready always to what? Give an answer, and I highlighted this, give an answer to every man, right? An answer to every man that asketh of you. That's really important because a lot of times we can think that we, we have to have all the answers and we answer up front. But see, it says right here, a real important aspect is to answer every man that asketh of you, right? We ask questions. Jesus, like, like you said, Jesus was the ultimate educator, and he asked questions. That's what he did. He, he asked questions, but those questions always provoked more questions, and they prov- they're there to, to reveal people's hearts and provoke the real need, the underlying need, the spiritual need that's beneath. But we have to be ready to answer them with a reason of the hope that lies within you, that is within you, with meekness and fear, right? It's that hope. Hope is, hope is the antidote, really, to all of our fears and to all of their fears. So they have to be able to see that hope first of all. So that's why it's important and leads us into the next uh, point, which is people won't care what you know until they, they know that you care. That's a good one, right? They won't, and, and you won't really share unless you truly care, right? So we have to have a heart that's after the heart of God, right? And that, that's really important for us in a rich church like this because, um, uh, you know, we've, we've got so much Bible-enriched teaching and knowledge, but would somebody read um, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3? Somebody have the mic? 1 Corinthians 1, 8 through 3. Now is touching things offered unto idols... We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Mm, yeah, right. The same, if any man love God, the same is known of him, right? They, they know that you care. If you know God... If we're, really, if we're really sharing the gospel and speaking the truth in love, right, it's that, it's that tempering. It's not just knowledge, okay? It's just not knowledge of the truth because that can just become like information. You know, one of the, just, I, I just had a thought 
uh, somebody I shared the gospel with not, not that long ago, and it was really quick, and I didn't get a chance to, to share, uh, I didn't get to, a chance to really start a good conversation and talk to them for a while. I think it was something real quick. It was like at a, at a, at a drive-through, and I shared a track or something, and, and, and then they were open, and I tried to share the gospel with them, and then they said, um, you know, in their cars behind me, and they said, thank you for that information, right? And I was like, ah, you know, I got to go. Somebody's behind me. And I'm like, well, read it and, and really think about it, pray about it. But, you know, we don't want people to think that we're there just to give them information, right? We live in a world where we live in, you know, uh, uh, where it's all about information, right? Knowledge is power. And people think that information is is power but it's not about information only right it's about the truth and it's about God's love and what he did for us what he can do for them right so it's really important that we know that that they know that we really care for them and that takes that takes you know a little bit of time to share a conversation and not just immediately, like you said, going to the gospel. You know, sometimes if you're given a track, you know, maybe sometimes that's what you got to do. But um, it leads into our next point, which is principle number five. It's good to be bold, but not to be brash, right? And... When I say bold, we, we talked about, you talked about Jeremy and I did too in, in Ephesians 6 about praying for boldness and, and praying for, for utterance, uh, that boldness. Paul prayed for boldness, uh, and we need to pray for those things too, but it has to be tempered with, with humility, like we talked about. All of these principles just kind of fit right together. Um, somebody read First Peter 5.5. 5. Wise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Right. God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And we see that. And a lot of times, you know, we need to be humble, for one thing. But as we're humble and as we're vulnerable... And we begin to talk with them. We begin to see the doors open as we see that that, uh, that begats humility or vulnerability in them. And they begin to open up to us. And we see that door of utterance begin. But with people that are, like you were talking about, Jeremy, that are resistant, you know, the resistant to the gospel, like that guy in Ukraine, was it? Morocco, um, you know, they're resistant. God resists that. There's not a lot you can do, but he give, give grace to the humble. And we have to give that grace seasoned with salt like Colossians 4, uh, 6 talks about. So um, principle number six, we can't give to others what we don't have, right? We need to be filled with the spirit by abiding in Christ, and we will be fruitful, right? Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine, but be 
filled with the Spirit. Um, John 15, 5. Can somebody read that, Bob? Right. You? I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for, for without me ye can do nothing. Right, right. We have to abide. We have to abide in Christ, right, in order to, so that we're, we're filled with his purpose, with his plan. We're filled with his spirit. And God will, will use us to bear fruit, right? That's the, that's, the, that's the goal. That's the reason why we're here, right? But we have to realize, and I think we all do realize, but we have to, we have to realize that without him, we can do nothing. He's the one that's got the power. He's the one doing the work. We're just the instruments. We're just the vessels. And principle number seven is plant the moist seed in the softest soil. And I got to hurry because i uh, got to give a little bit of time for testimonies. But um, I said the moist seed, not the moist seed. And what, I'll tell you what I meant by that. But um, it means it has to be bathed in prayer. That's what I go is about, bathing it in prayer, praying for God's heart praying for God to send forth laborers into the harvest and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. And um, in the softest soil, I know Brian, Brian likes to say, what do you say, Brian, that we're, we should be soil samplers? Or what, what did you say? Soil samplers or check, check the soil, wait, soil surveys, surveyors, something like that. Yeah, planted in good soil. Yeah, of the heart. Yeah, Matthew 13. And you all know that Matthew 13 with the four different types of soil. But we need to check on that and check on some, you know, people's hearts because God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud, right? So um, principle eight, you won't make friends. Uh, uh, if you don't make friends, you won't have friends. Okay, um, if you if you don't make friends, you won't have friends. And we're not talking about friendship evangelism. I don't know if you all know, you know, what friendship evangelism is. But I mean, it, it, but we do have to make relationships. We have to. And that's perfect. Those lead ins. But you can form relationships in a short amount of time. And like we said, Relationships with family or friendship uh, or friends that are really long term, some those are the hardest to try to sometimes get the gospel in there and find those open doors. Right? Hey, I mean Jesus Himself. He he came into His own and His own received Him not. Right? Because it makes it very difficult. Because human nature is to look for the flaws, to look for the reasons, to, you know, not, not receive the truth about the sin nature because that takes humility, takes vulnerability, right? It takes opening up, and that's one thing that's really scary for people. There's just too much fear in that, giving up control. So um, principle number nine, if you don't, keep leading toward the gospel, you may never get there. That's a real good one, right? 
And that's the problem with friendship evangelism, is that you develop these long friendships, and it's all focused on the friendship, on the relationship, and it's centered around, you know, whatever, your, your bridge party or uh, your, your, the chiefs or, you know, all of these, your knitting group or your pinochle group or all of these other things, right? But you never get to the gospel, and the problem is, if you, if you ever do get to the gospel, then the person is like, bait and switch, you know? What? I thought you were my friend. And now you're like, you know, it can end really bad. We've got to lay the foundation in the relationship. There's no other foundation but that which is laid, which is Christ, right? We need to always have that as our main focus. And I like that... Um, Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. I won't have you read it, um, but uh, spirit. It, it, it was. It was. It was the spirit that led Philip, right? Remember that in Acts chapter eight that le- led him down to this Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the Old Testament. He was reading in Isaiah fifty three, and he, he, you know, he said. Do you understand what you read? And well, first of all, the the spirit led him, and he said, "Go near and join thyself to this chariot." And Philip ran hither, right? He ran, and he ran to him, and he heard him reading of the prophet Isaiah, and he said, "Understand thou what thou readest?" And he said, "How can I, except I have some man that should guide me?" Right? So. And, and then he desired Philip would come up and sit with him. What an open door. It's like you were talking about. You usually don't have people say, hey, can you show me how to get saved? But here we see it because it was a prepared saint. He was prepared like we want to be with a prepared sinner in a prepared season. And they all came together. And that's really what we want to accomplish in this church. That's what we want to accomplish with Igo, and the thing is, is, is um, principle number ten that we have to realize, and we said it from night, um, the first night in December when we started this, that uh, the method is not as important as the motive for the message, and you know we see that in a verse that everybody knows, even lost people knows. No, it's it's John three sixteen. Do you have that, Chris? Yeah. Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. So we need to create these memories. We need to prepare our hearts so the Holy Spirit can stir it up and draw it out when needed. Okay. So. Um, that's the thing about IGO, that's the thing about the principles and our prayer groups is that we don't want to make this mechanical. It can't be mechanical. It needs to be supernatural, right? It needs to be organic. So hopefully these principles are something that can guide us. They're biblical, and they're something that, that guide us because we see that they just interweave and they work to draw us together to prepare us and to lead us in sharing in sharing the gospel intentionally. So I want to uh, ask if I might, Chris, 
my brother Chris to come up, and he's going to give a little bit of a, a testimony. Um, come on up, Chris. Uh, Chris has has uh, been a part uh, been a part of my life for what better of six years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I really appreciate Chris, and he's going to give a little bit of testimony about. I see him as a young man that um, is is really uh, got a heart to share the gospel, and I, I love you, brother. And I I just really appreciate you, and Thanks, you encourage me. So Thanks, Pat. thank you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, yeah, it's just a blessing to be able to uh, share tonight. Uh, Pat asked me to share just a little testimony about sharing the gospel with people, and so uh, at work I have a really great opportunity. Uh, just to have these relationships with people of what Pastor Jeremy was talking about, what Pat was talking about with these principles. And God's really just uh, blessed me with this, uh, these relationships with these men. I got about six, seven, eight guys that uh, for the last year or so, I've really been in a lot of prayer about. And they're just guys that I work with every day on the line, on my lines. I work at a, a soap factory here in town and I just uh, work with them every day. I see them every day. I get to train these guys up. I get to, you know, uh, interact with them on a regular basis. And, you know, for the last uh, just a year or so, I've just been a lot of prayer on uh, being diligent to uh, make the gospel known to them and just share with them. And and uh, so what was really cool is uh, back in February last year, um, I had a guy, his name was, is Brenton, uh, that I got to lead to the Lord. He got saved. And uh, we had some downtime on the line and... Um, you know, right there at our filler, uh, he, he, you know, had a salvation prayer. And uh, so I've, I've tried to work with them. And uh, it's really been kind of interesting. A lot of times people are, uh, takes a long time to get saved. Well, he got saved pretty early on of me knowing him, of him working there. And then so now I've been trying to work with them and get them to go to church and uh, get them to see the next step that he needs to take. And uh, and it was interesting because I was praying and it's like, how can I still have more opportunities? Cause he worked on a different part of the line and you didn't really necessarily have an opportunity just to go up and talk to him all the time. But now he is my filler operator. So I'm there with him every single day. He is right. He works right next to me. Uh, basically kind of where our area is where we work. And so I had a really good conversation with him about a month ago. And, uh, I asked him, you know, I said, Hey, you remember that day that you stood right here in this spot? And uh, you cried out to the Lord, and, and you got saved. And, and was, that re- was that real in your life, you know? Did you really truly believe that Christ died for you? And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I did. I, I, was like, I, I believe I'm saved. And, and uh, so I was able to talk to him a little bit about just getting into church and, uh, you, know, you know, what Pastor Brian talks about, taking the next right step. And, and so every day I'm with him, I'm able to have good conversations. I'm able to talk about things that are going on in church and about, just what God's doing in my life, and and so it's just really a, a blessing. Uh, so if you could be praying for that guy, his name is Brenton. Um, he's young; he's like twenty three. Uh, he has just like a lot of, uh, you know, life going on, and uh, he they have some uh, farms down in uh, Butler that him and his whole family that they've been in farming for some generations. And but uh, I do believe he got saved, but I think it's just him now taking that next step and. And realizing that it's just more than just, uh, you know, making that uh, profession of faith that, you know, God has more work for you to do. And so 
Uh, with that, I had a little verse that, and I've shared this on a, on a Sunday morning at, at the nine o'clock hour, that I just want to share this verse out of Proverbs uh, chapter three. And this verse really has, uh, you know, since really talking about personal evangelism and, and talking about I go, being intentional, this verse is really what's kind of God's laid on my heart to make sure that I am intentional about sharing the gospel because it's easy to say that we're going to do it and go about our normal day and forget to do it or just simply not do it and make excuses and all these things. And so this is a verse that I try to meditate on. Uh, I want to read Proverbs 3, uh, 26 through 28. Uh, it says, For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. And this is the main verse in verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thy hand to do it. And uh, what's really cool about this verse, and just an amazing thing, that word power translates to the same word as God. It's uh, E-L there. Um, and so you, you see the same word as God. So the power of, is in thy hand to do it, that God is already in our hand to do it. He's given us everything that we need to share the gospel. And just like at my job, I have everything that I need to share the gospel on a regular basis. And so it says, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. And what is the most good thing that we can provide someone? It's the gospel. And uh, the gospel is due to everybody. And it's our job to make sure it gets to them. Because it says in verse 28, say not unto thy neighbor, just like he talked about, say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give thee when thou hast it by thee. We already have the gospel. If you're saved and you're born again, you already have everything that you need to share with the people in your life. And, and so um, I just want to encourage everybody uh, for the IGO teams uh, that Pat uh, asked me a while back to join his team. And it's really been a blessing because we're able to communicate the things that are going on in our life and say, hey, can you pray for this person? Uh, have a good opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, can you just pray that, you know, the seed is planted and those doors are open and it's really an encouragement because not only do you get a chance to pray for others, but you get to see real salvations that take place and you get to see the people that you're praying for actually get saved. And you're like, man, this is amazing. This is not just something that we're just doing uh, just to be doing another ministry, uh, just to be doing another thing. Because I know we can all be busy in, in many different ministries that we're part of, but um, if, if God's laying it on your heart to be part of an IGO team, I know there's a couple of them kind of going, and I'd really just encourage you just to uh, see what that's about. It's it's really kind of, you know, it's not really pressing. You, you can kind of just be on a group chat, and we can kind of be, um, you know, reach out to each other, and we'll have a meeting every once in a while, and it's not like meeting every week, but just kind of when you have the opportunity to kind of meet, and you, but you are able to pray for these people and uh, really see the the change that's happening in people's lives because, like they said, you know, we can't change their heart. Only God can, and uh, they have to be willing to make those decisions. And so um, I'm just really excited to see what God's doing, and uh, I'm really just thankful for this opportunity to share, and uh, I hope it's an encouragement to you. And so I'll hand it back to my brother, Pat. Chris? Yeah, so amen. That, you know what, um, that's, that's what it's all about. It's not meant to be another thing to do, okay, when we look at this, and I know this is Brian's vision and, and Jeremy's vision, is 
to make it a part of what we're already doing, right? To make it personal, make it intentional so that if you're doing other ministries or you're involved in, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, is really the reason why we're doing all this is to, to share the gospel and share the love of Christ. So it's, it's really a simple way to just incorporate it into what we're already doing. So if anybody, I just want to uh, ask um, if there's anybody else that wants to give their testimony at this time of anything that God's done. Pam, would you like it? Okay. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Microphone. Yeah, come on up. Or come on up. Okay, so I'm on Pat's I Go team, and uh, we uh, would love to be able to meet more often. Uh, but with the holidays, it's been hit and miss. So tonight we met. I just want to give you an example of what we do because we are intentional. It is intentional gospel outreach. And we can do a lot of work. We had like 25 or 28 minutes, actually, that we covered everything we needed to tonight. So it's not a long, drawn-out hour, hour-and-a-half event. But tonight, we, uh, we each went around and gave names, submitted names for prayer, of people that we're intentionally praying for their salvation. And so... Uh, one, uh, Chris was able to give us like an exact time or a day uh, that he's going to be have an opportunity to share. So we're going to pray at that time for uh, for that individual. Um, <clears throat> he uh, and other opportunities that are coming up. Uh, like for me, I uh, to be intentional for me, means to have all my tools and to know when I'm going and where I'm going. And I let the team know, uh, just like over the last 30 days, I wrote down, uh, I didn't know I was going to speak, but I wrote down a couple. Uh, we were praying specifically for uh, a new lady uh, that was coming on Friday night. We uh, lifted her up in prayer for salvation at one of our meetings. And that was on a Sunday evening. We did that. And sometime during the next week, she, cut, she can't drive. She lives in another town. And so she, uh, it took effort for her to find transportation to get to church. And she came, and she uh, came to salvation. It, you know, that, is, uh, that was a, an awesome answer to prayer. Uh, the week before that, or two weeks before that, we prayed specifically for a woman uh, who, she got released from jail, and then uh, she was able to get into Lily House, and last week, she um, prayed for salvation, and uh, so we saw that happen. I can go back month after month after month. Uh, one time, uh, Pat picked an individual up from jail. He was giving him transportation to uh, Kansas City to get on the bus. And uh, so he's texting the team saying, you know, pray for me. Uh, I just, uh, that was Jacob. 
uh, to, okay, so we're intentionally praying for salvation for this individual, and Pat said he prayed for salvation. Was it you or was it Chris? It, okay, all right. So then we found out that he was uh, taking the bus to Burlington, Iowa, which is right by Monmouth, uh, uh, Illinois, where we go uh, and minister with Mike Blake. Uh, we have prayed specific. I prayed, uh, I brought a name uh, to the team uh, one week because I had a, a real brief conversation. It was a hairdresser. I had a brief conversation when my granddaughter was getting her hair cut. And I, cont- I texted the team and I said, okay, I got a woman. This is her first name. Uh, I'm going to see her. I made an appointment to go in and see her, get my hair cut. I'm going to see her on so-and-so day. So they prayed. And during the conversation, I found out she had uh, just gotten married. She'd come back from her honeymoon. And so I started talking about family. Um, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. Uh, anyway, things that you would do with your family. Uh, and so I said, so do you have a, a church home that, you, that you'll be able to go to with your new husband? And she said, well, no, not right now. And I said, well, are you a saved woman? And I usually like to say, are you a saved man? Are you a saved woman? Uh, Because that's just, those are the words that I use. And she says, well, yeah, I think so, I think. And so uh, I said, you know, there is a way for you to know uh, for certain uh, that you're saved and where you're going to spend eternity but she was cutting people's hair, and so I couldn't, you know, it was just not the right time. So I said, can I come back and talk to you one day next week about it? And she said, yeah, that'll be fine. And so she gave me a date and a time for me to go back, and I let the team know. Okay, you know, I'm going to meet with her at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or whatever. And uh, so she uh she prayed for salvation. She felt like she probably had prayed the prayer once before, but now she knows for certain. And so I was not totally prepared that day because I said I invited her to Heartland, and she says, well, I live in Lee Summit. And I said, well, give me five minutes. And so I went out in the car, and I, I got hold of Steve, and I said, Steve, give me contact for a good church. You know, who can we... Um, I refer her to in Lee Summit, and then he gave me two options. I gave, I went in, I gave her the uh, the name of the uh, church uh, and the location because I looked it up real quick, and I said, "Can I just come back next week and talk to you again? Because I'm so excited for you. I want to see, if, you know, how this is going to work for you for your family." And she said yes, um, and I did. So uh, I used the acronym ASK. A-S-K, A is to ask permission to, to, to talk to them, to take up a few minutes of their time. S stands for <clears throat> share the gospel however you can, you know, as best you can. It's not always, you know, lay out the Romans road. And then K, keep the conversation going. And so in that instance, that's what I did. And so she's been able to plug into um, uh, one of the churches on Hook Road. Uh, yes, okay, right. Uh, so I know she's getting, I believe she's getting fed the word there. But anyway, it's, you know, every month we could go back, our team could go back 
and review names that we have intentionally prayed for for their salvation uh, and uh, give a good success story. So some some of them were just continuing the conversation, uh, but uh, we're not there yet. But I did want to say I enjoy uh, evangelizing on the sidewalks. And so if any of you ladies would like to uh, take an afternoon uh, uh, or an hour or so of your time and uh, go out and uh, walk with me, uh, I, uh, I have my own little mission field here in Harrisonville, and uh, it, I enjoy uh, doing this together with other women. And so if you want to get your feet wet, uh, you want to uh, get a feel for uh, how the tools that you personally uh, can put together to evangelize, be sure and let me know. Okay, very good. Yeah, um, uh, um, man, I lost my train of thought, but um, yeah, it's, it's really very simple. And, oh, I know what I was going to say. Pam was talking about all these, you know, people because Pam and Chris and I and uh, several and the other people on our team are all part of several ministries but one of the biggest ministries is an outreach ministry life issues and Caleb's a part of that too and and so we see a lot of salvations and things so I you know I don't want you to feel like you know because of all the people that she named I mean uh, sometimes people will be intimidated, you know, well, why am I not seeing all that? Well, we're, we're involved in ministry where we're crossing paths with people that really have the need and they're coming and they're seeking it out. And so it's a, it's a different situation. But that works. That just goes to show you how IGO teams were meant to work in our ministries because that's really the basis of all ministry, right? We're seeking uh, those that, that are lost so that they might be saved with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you for your testimonies. That's perfect. And I just want to take this time uh, to close out in prayer, but I want to challenge challenge you all. If, um, if you want to come and just see what our team is about, uh, just, you know, give me, give me your number or talk to me, and, and we'd love to have you come and meet with us. And just see how non-threatening and how simple it really is. And just to, just to be a part of that fellowship in the gospel is really great. So I want to challenge you. That's one challenge. Just let, let us know. Let me know. Um, and uh, also wanted to challenge you to hand out and invite one person to uh, the candlelight dinner. I forgot to you? say something. Yeah. This, I used this week okay. on the lady uh, uh, in, on the square. Right. And I was kind of making jokes because I don't think it's fair. I mean, I have an old photo. Okay, so this is ridiculous. Well, yeah, I'm so scared. Wow. Praise the Lord. 
But you know, that's just a, that's a simple tool. It's a conversation starter. And it's, it's a way to, to enter into the gospel conversation by just inviting somebody, you know? It's like the woman at the well. She invited the, all the men she went to the city and invited them to come see a man which told her all things that ever she did. And so that's really, that's really uh, what it's all about. So uh, if you haven't invited somebody, please come out to that because, man, that, that's a time where I know... Uh, it, it's like no other time the seats will be full. And I don't know if it, sometimes we have it in overflow maybe even, but people come out for Christmas and Easter, and it's one of the greatest times of the year to hear the gospel. So let's take advantage of that and let's be intentional. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, if you want to be a part of a prayer team, an IGO prayer team, please uh, just let me know. And yeah, or if you want to start one on your own, we'll help. I know Pam's uh, started one on her own already, and uh, right, and we've started uh, an, another one or two, and uh, so, yeah, just let us know. Um, let me go ahead and pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you so much.